Early this evening, we broadcast a report of an invisible man. The report has now been confirmed. Listen, are you there? It appears that an unknown man, by scientific means, has made himself invisible. He has attacked and killed a police inspector and is now at large. We'll begin with a reign of terror. A few murders here and there. Murders of great men, murders of little men. But just to show we make no distinction. We might even break a train or two. We've got a terrible responsibility. He's mad and he's invisible. He may be standing beside us now. You're crazy to know who I am, aren't you? All right. I'll show you who I am and what I am. <laughs> Scientists around the world are pursuing invisibility with the main goal being the ultimate in covert operations for the military. It's like something out of Harry Potter, an invisibility cloak that makes people and objects disappear from view, able to hide in plain sight. Some researchers say this supernatural fantasy may soon become a reality. They announced this week that they are a step closer to creating a real invisibility cloak. I'll tell you what I think of your invisible man. It's a hoax. Don't you see what it means? Power, power to walk into the gold vaults of the nations, into the secrets of kings. Power to make multitudes run squealing in terror at the touch of my little invisible finger. He's invisible. This was the matter with him. If he gets the rest of them clothes off, we'll never catch him in a thousand years. Hello and welcome to Science Ish. I'm Rick Edwards, joined as ever by Dr. Michael Brooks. Hello. Now, before we get into what we're actually going to be talking about, we did some maths and we think that this is. Drum roll, please. Don't actually. Don't. Oh, no, don't, don't, don't. I mean, obviously, don't do it. Uh, we'll just do it in post. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> this is the 100th episode. Oh. That's mad. 100 episodes. If, if, do you remember we used to do uh, special? Oh, yeah, yeah. So we're counting little... those, are we? Yeah, but still, yeah, it's, yeah, like, no. it's like 80 without them. But yeah, 100 good. episodes. 100 episodes, including the specialist, shorter ones. Yeah, but you don't need they're to. They're still very good, you don't, though. Don't need the They're caveat. still very good. So, what um, are we doing for the 100th episode? It's, it's a good one. It's not an easy one, but right. it's a good one. <laughs> okay. Uh, we're going to be looking at the H.G. Wells classic, The Invisible Man. Oh, mm. book or film? I'm thinking the book, but I think you'd you would say H.G. Wells about the the film adaptations as well, probably. Yeah, okay. Um, but I'm thinking I'm thinking the book. Uh, there's a new version of the Invisible Man, which I think is out quite soon. Is somebody leaking our schedules? We seem to be having somebody on our coattails the whole time. Yeah, you think the film companies are just monitoring yeah, our output? Yeah, mm. yeah. I'm worried. I, I think we're going to need to go through the production staff and find out, you know, who's who's actually leaking this stuff. Mm. Anyway, we're doing the book. <laughs> right. Uh, the book came out in, uh, I'm sure you remember, 1897. <laughs> yeah. uh, and uh, it's it's really, it's, it's, it's good stuff, actually. Um, I, read, never, I read it as a child. I remember reading it. I, as, I, as I told you, I think I read the abridged version. <laughs> um, and uh, Lady I, say abridged, I do, I genuinely, I think it was the Ladybird version. <laughs> <laughs> I love it that they brought really out a Ladybird version of The Invisible Man. Because it's not, Suitable for kids. Like, it's pretty... Uh, so there's there's a scientist called Griffin. He figures out how to become invisible. Fine. Right. Um, and so he, he wraps his head in bandages and then uh, and puts the pair of goggles on and the fake nose. That's the sort of iconic Invisible Man image. Um, yeah. From the, so there's a film made in, like, the 30s or 40s, wasn't there? Which yeah, I, yeah. I think I have seen bits of, but I can't remember. So he's made himself invisible. Great. But then he wants to reverse the invisibility process because actually it's a bit of a nightmare. But he can't. 
and then he just sort of goes mad. But he's already, like, from the get-go, like, he's not a good guy. <laughs> right, right. He's uh, one of those scientists, is he? Yeah, exactly. And uh, and, he, and he basically becomes a, a criminal, and he can get away with quite a lot because he's because he's invisible, but also he, he gets um, he gets betrayed by the invisibility because there's things like you can just see the food in his digestive tract and stuff. <laughs> um, he needs to make, make invisible food first, doesn't he? Yeah, he should and have And then done eat that. that. Yeah, but he, do, he wasn't doing that. Um, I mean, it's great. It's great stuff. I, I kind of feel like I don't need to ask what our question is going to be. No, it's not a, a surprising question. The question is, will we ever be able to turn invisible? Obviously. Yeah. I mean, what yeah. else are you going to ask? Yeah, it's a good question. Uh, so who's going to help us figure that out? Well, this is huge. And I know we always say it's huge, but genuinely this is huge. We've got Professor Sir John Pendry. You heard. Professor Sir. Professor Sir. That's a big hitter, isn't it? That's huge. Uh, and he's a theoretical physicist at Imperial College. And alongside a team at Duke University, he's widely credited with developing the first practical invisibility cloak back in 2006. Is he our first knight? Yes, he must be our first knight. An invisible knight. We had uh, Steve Cowley on the Ice Age episode. Do you remember? Was it Ice Age? No, it was uh, Chain Reaction. Steve Cowley was on uh, on, uh, Fusion. (laughs) Yeah, Chain Reaction. Yeah, because he mugged him up constantly. the, the, The day the podcast came out, he got knighted. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe John Pendrew will have his taken away after this. <laughs> <laughs> we give, we take. <laughs> uh, but ge- genuinely, this guy is, uh, he's, he's the absolute daddy. Right. There's, there's, yeah. there's no one better to talk to. Brilliant. So uh, where do we start? Uh, well, first of all, we wanted to ask him why invisibility is so tricky. <laughs> invisibility is about more than just not seeing something. You can make something black and then you don't see it because it reflects no light. And that's conventional stealth. You might paint an aircraft so that it's black to radar. But the greater challenge is to make an object such that you're not aware that it's there because a black object can still be detected through its shadow. And that is the real challenge. How can you remove the shadow? It's easy, really, if you're clever. A few chemicals mixed together, that's all. And flesh and blood and bone just fade away. A little of this injected under the skin of the arm every day for a month. An invisible man can rule the world. What you have to do is to make light steer around the invisible object and then, uh, crucially, uh, on the other side, return to the trajectory that it was on in the first place, like a skier doing a shalom round a, a, a tree so that you continue in the same straight line. And then somebody looking at that object wouldn't see the object because the light getting into their eyes would, would be going in the straight line and you'd see what was, what was behind the object. That's easily stated, but persuading light to do that is a very tricky challenge. He meddled in things men should leave alone. What do you mean? He worked in secret. He kept a lot of stuff locked in a big cupboard in his laboratory. He never opened that cupboard until he barred the door and drawn them blinds. Straightforward scientists have no need for barred doors and drawn blinds. I mean, the first thing to pick up on, I'm sure, well, I imagine we want to say the same thing. Go on, what's your question? What's a shalom? Yes, <laughs> same as mine, I think. Does he mean slalom? I think he must mean slalom. Right. 
Because what he's talking about, I think, is that's what you want light to be doing. Yeah. Just sort of approaching an object and then just going around the outside and then coming back to exactly the same path yeah. it was on. And therefore, you wouldn't be able to... Like water flowing around a rock. Yeah, exactly. You, you would Therefore, you wouldn't yeah. be able to see it. And to be fair, as Professor Sir John points out, it's quite easy to state. It's quite hard to do. Yeah, no, fair enough. And uh, I like the dismissal of the kind of conventional stealth technology. He, I mean, he spat out conventional <laughs> stealth, didn't he? <laughs> he could not be less interested Ugh. in conventional stealth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I remember reading the book, as I said, but I don't remember what's actually... Ladybird? The... Or... No, no, full, okay. full, full thing. Mm, very good. Yeah, yeah, I was a precocious child. Mm. And I have no idea whether the book tells us how the Invisible Man did his invisibility. Uh, yeah, I think Wells was quite sort of scientifically well-informed and wanted to do something plausible-ish. So there was an earlier book, I can't remember what it was called actually, um, like 20 years earlier or something, where a guy had talked about invisibility and you just make everything transparent and then you just be able to see straight through and, and that's fine. But that doesn't quite cut it actually, because if you have a transparent, like a glass is transparent, but I can still see it. Yeah. And the reason for that is refraction. And and this is like, everyone will remember this from school, I think. When light travels from one medium to another medium, so let's say air into glass, it travels at a slightly different speed. Like a more dense medium, it travels more slowly. And as it enters, it changes its direction. And as soon as that happens, it means you start to be able to see the thing. So what you really want is for the light to just pass straight through without it getting deviated, scattered, or, or reflected. Yeah, okay. Yeah? Right, right. So what you need is for the refractive index of both to be the same. So the refractive in- index of air is one. Yeah. So what you need is for the refractive index of whatever it is that you that let's say you're trying to make you invisible, you want your refractive index, the refractive index of all your tissue, to be one as well. Yes, and then I there do. would be no refraction. So, H.G. Wells, he sort of knows you probably can't do it, but he says he's discovered some sort of, he calls it uh, ethereal vibration. Bear in mind, this is all around the time the x-rays were first being discovered. And so he was kind of borrowing a bit from that yeah. So you use this ethereal vibration and then you're able to make materials have the same refractive index nice. as air. Therefore, it can just pass straight through. I think that's a fair old step. Well, it's not bad. I mean, the the, the, the sort of the physics of it is, is bang on. It's yeah. just we have no idea how you would actually achieve it. Right, right. But the, yeah, the science is good. All the right. science is solid. I began five years ago in secret, working all night, every night, right into the dawn. A thousand experiments, a thousand failures. And then, at last, the great wonderful day. But Griffin, it's ghastly. The great wonderful day. The last little mixture of drugs. But why? Why do it, Griffin? Just a scientific experiment at first. But there's more to it than that, Kemp. The drugs I took seemed to light up my brain. Suddenly I realized the power I held. The power to rule. To make the world grovel at my feet. I mean, we don't know how to do it. Presumably, evolution's had a bit of a go at this. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, there's a couple of definitions to think about first. So, we really want invisibility as in 
you cannot see the thing. You can see what's behind the thing. Uh, you can see what's to the side of the thing. You just can't see the, the thing. thing. Right. As opposed to camouflage, which is obviously quite similar but not really what we're after here. Yeah, I mean, it's like conventional it's stealth. It's a bit like conventional stealth. Yeah. Who so, gives a fuck? Yeah, so, so you can keep your camouflage, even though some animals are amazing at conventional camouflage. <laughs> uh, but transparency has evolved a number of times independently um, in, in different creatures. The issue with being transparent is you can't make your whole body transparent. Now, which bit of your body can you not make transparent, sort of by definition? This is a test for you. Bone? No. Uh, eyes? Eyes. Why not? Because they've got to detect the, the light, haven't they? Yeah, they the have, whole point they is to, have absorb to, the to absorb the light. absorb the light. Yeah. So Did I pass that test? So uh, You did, yeah. I mean... After bones. After <laughs> bones, yeah. <laughs> and if I take your first answer, no. <laughs> but second answer, good. Yeah, so uh, that was a thing that uh, Wells could never get around in The Invisible Man. He just had to sort of ignore oh, it. He okay. knew that the, the, the eyes would be an issue. Yeah. Um, but it's going to ruin your story if you go yeah, blind as yeah. well. You don't want to worry about that. Yeah, but if you are totally... You would be blind if you were totally invisible. That's interesting, isn't it? I'd never really thought about that. Yeah. Yeah, because you uh, otherwise light is being absorbed and that immediately gives away your your yeah. position. Yeah, yeah, mm, good. Uh, but also the uh, the digestive system is uh, again it's the old invisible food. <laughs> 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 like if, you, if you've eaten something and it isn't invisible, unlucky. <laughs> oh, sorry, not invisible. If it isn't transparent, yeah. But there's various like there's some nice ways of of getting around that. So there's some there's some mollusks, uh, transparent mollusks that have a kind of uh, like a mirror near the, I think it's either behind the eyes or adjacent to the eyes or something, uh, which means that light reflects off it and it's effectively reflecting back the image of the open sea, so it kind of oh, camouflages it quite nicely. I mean, it's conventional stealth technology, but it's it still It is conventional good. stealth, but, you know, it's, I mean, this is, we're talking about a transparent mollusk here. I mean, it's <laughs> coming up with some nice stuff. Uh, and then uh, there's, a, there's an octopus called the glass octopus. Any idea why? It doesn't matter. Uh, <laughs> and uh, it's, it's, so it's, it's eyes are very elongated, which means that its peripheral vision isn't great, but it minimises the shadow that it casts below, because that's the other issue, that if you have any uh, opaque bits, yeah. which they do, then they will cast shadows, um, which give away your, your position. But this uh, shape means that it's slightly uh, slightly less. It's quite clever. Yeah. I mean, evolution's quite impressive, isn't it? Evolution's absolutely amazing. Uh, I, I mean, I love it. Uh, there's glass squids, oh, of course there uh, are. which is a whole whole family. <laughs> um, they've got these big eyes, which are opaque. They're they're casting a shadow. That's no good to them. Uh, but they they can camouflage them with. It's a bit similar to the to the mirror, but a bit more advanced. So they have um, they have uh, photophores underneath the eyes that produce light, and it's this thing called counter illumination. So it looks a bit like the light that will just be filtering down from uh, from above. I mean, it only works from some angles, yeah. Um, and it could, it could actually really stitch you up. So from some angles, it's great because you you're just totally invisible. From other angles, it's it like a like torch sort beam. Of got a torch beam, <laughs> <laughs> and predators like. Mm, 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 mm. <laughs> uh, but they can they they sort of somehow these these photophores can match the amount of light coming from every direction. So it's sort of like. It's almost like an omnidirectional crazy. Um, cloaking yeah. device. Very nice. Very, very good. Very, very nice. Well done. Uh, 
so hyperids uh, that are little crustaceans that are sort of, I don't know, like a bit like a, a, a shrimp. And they are extraordinary because they are sort of um, transparent, but they appear to be using, um, I'm going to say using, they've evolved a type of nanotechnology <laughs> that is interfering with the light. So it's kind of cloaking them. Whoa. It's in, it's absolutely insane. So they've got these tiny little nano-sized protuberances yeah. um, that are minimizing light scattering. Um, it's really, it's really spicy. And they, they even, I mean, I read that they think that these little protuberances might actually be bacteria. I mean, it, it, you, oh, you can't. Now that would be yeah. brilliant. Yeah. You can't, I mean, I, I, hard to get your head around, but they're doing, they're doing something very nice. And then, and this is really just a sort of thing where I think you need to go on type uh, sea sapphires into YouTube. So these are these tiny little flat uh, oval-ish creatures. And they go from kind of being almost like iridescent, like really, hence the sea sapphire name, um, like really like like beautiful, stunning sort of uh, glowing little thing and then it will just move a little bit sort of almost like looks in the current and just go invisible and and there's a there's a fantastic uh youtube just like two minute clip of it and and your eyes are just like i don't i i, I don't get it I don't, I don't i don't understand what's happening here um and it's just that at 45 degrees so when light hits them at 45 degrees they sort of become um invisible Love it's it. really spicy yeah. Love it. But then equally, I mean, it's not great camouflage because then they move a, yeah. a few degrees and they're, and they're Yeah, how do you know brightly. where the 45 degrees sweet yeah, spot is? Yeah, yeah, I mean, that, that I think... Um, is the idea that you just keep disappearing and then you move away I suppose and like, you, you reappear keep, somewhere you, else, you, won't you? Yeah, I suppose if you keep disappearing, it's quite off-putting for a, yeah. for a, for a predator. I mean, it's not perfect, um, but it's impressive. Yeah. You, you'll enjoy it when you have a look okay, at it. Okay, I will do. So you said that that uh, Professor Sir John Pendry invented mm-hmm. an invisibility cloak like 15 years ago. What's that about? So this is where we get on to metamaterials and transformation optics, and I'll obviously let Professor Sir John explain. In our research, which is sometimes very technical, we had two uh, things that we wanted to talk about. One was a new class of materials called metamaterials, and another was uh, a theoretical concept called transformation optics, which is a way of, if you want to distort the path of light, it will tell you what materials you need. And these, on the face of it, sounded rather dry, and we wanted to sell them to a wider audience to make them aware that these were important concepts So racking our brains as to how we could do this, we realized these were ideal tools for making something invisible. And we also realized that that might make people sit up and listen to us. And it did. (laughs) Have you ever wished you could disappear? It is a power that used to belong only to superheroes, wizards, and evil villains. But scientists really are working on ways to make you invisible, too. They created this material made up of circuits and copper that deflects waves around it. Microwave absorber. But for now, it's only invisible to microwaves, not the light spectrum that we see. These microwaves can be routed around the object and then restored on the other side, so it's as if... They had traveled through free space. And scientists say now, in theory, it is possible to do this with visible light waves as well, someday. Michelle, are you there? 
for all those times when you absolutely, positively have to be Michelle. invisible. Michelle? Normally, when you want to alter the property of a material, you, you, you change its chemistry. When you're making some nice polished glass that wants to shine when you put light on it, uh, you, you add some lead to it to make it more refracting. But there's another way of altering how a material appears to light, and that's through its internal microstructure. I'll give you an example of that. One of the best mirrors possible is polished silver. But you may have seen silver in another form. Do you remember the old black and white photographic negatives? The black in them is silver, but in a different form. And the silver has been ground up into very, very tiny nanoparticles. And because of this change structure, it goes from being highly reflecting to highly absorbing. And that's the power of structure. What is it? A list of chemicals. And the last on the list is monocaine. I never heard of it. You wouldn't, Kemp. It's never used now. It's a drug that's made from a flower that's grown in India. It draws color from everything it touches. Years ago, they tried it for bleaching cloth. They gave it up because it destroyed material. Metamaterials have to have a structure that is smaller than the wavelength of light. And for visible light, that's pretty small. It's less than a micron. So they're expensive to engineer. And by and large, you only do it when you have some expensive piece of kit that you're very keen to, uh, to make. That doesn't sound very terrible. Yes, I know. But it does something else, Kemp. It was tried out on some poor animal, a dog, I believe. It was injected under the skin, and it turned the dog dead white, like a marble statue. Isn't that so? Yes, and it also sent it raving mad. You surely don't think? I only pray to God that Griffin hasn't been meddling with this ghastly stuff. So, what exactly is going on with metamaterials? So, metamaterials is a really exciting bit of engineering. It's pretty new. I mean, uh, you could probably argue that uh, Professor John is the he he founded it. Oh right, um, that is recent then. Yeah. I mean, people had talked about. So there's a guy in the '60s who talked about could you create a substance that had a negative refractive index, i.e., would sort of flip uh, what you saw. So instead of so, if you had your um, like straw in a glass, yeah. and because of refraction, you see it appears that the straw is bent. Yeah. yeah classic but if that water had a negative refractive index then it would flip the image uh, so the straw would not only appear to be at an angle it would have it would be broken it would appear that it started on the other side of the glass oh nice and then, right, and right. then come across the yeah, other way yeah so it's all sort of theoretical yeah um and we don't know how to do that however there's this idea in transformation optics that if you can control the paths of light rays by just guiding them along a path rather right. than letting them go along the path that they would normally take, then you might be able to start creating these invisibility effects. In essence, it's working on the tiniest, tiniest scales. So you are getting light rays passed almost like step by step from one little component to another little component to another little component and, and then working around this path and then rejoining so they're on the same path as they were when they oh, okay. first approached this cloaking device. Yeah. That's the sort of principle of it. Okay. So I think it was Professor John who wrote some sort of theory on this in the 90s. And then at Duke University in uh, North Carolina, they figured out actually how to make a metamaterial. 
and it's sort of like this little array on like a circuit board with these tiny little loops and metal loops and rings are, are etched and they, they call them sort of meta atoms that's the that's the oh, scale right, we're okay. thinking about so they have to be at the same size as the wavelength of light that they're manipulating so this is that we are talking tenths of a micrometer okay. like tiny yeah, yeah. Uh, and they're they're expensive it's really expensive to make this stuff because it's such fine detail. And they were able to make in 2006 a microwave invisibility shield. Okay. So you could hide an object inside this sort of like 10 rings of metamaterial uh, and it was invisible to microwaves. But this is a and very tiny object, presumably. This is a tiny object. This is a tiny object. Okay. Um, the reason that it's easier to do it with microwaves is because they have a longer wavelength now when we say light we're talking about the whole spectrum light is the whole electro- yeah, yeah. is all of electromagnetic radiation obviously what we're really interested in is visible light yeah. so something that would be invisible to our eyes yeah um the microwave invisibility shield is great <laughs> but to look at is like I've, mm, i can I've, still I've, see I've, it okay fine <laughs> uh but longer wavelength easier therefore yeah, to make yeah, that, okay. that metamaterial. I mean, some might say that's underwhelming, but this is very early days, right? I mean, you know, we start with microwaves, but I mean, have we got anywhere with shielding from visible light? Yeah, yeah, we have. So there's a guy called Shuang Zhang who's made this ultra-thin invisibility cloak. I would say slightly uh, moderate your excitement here. <laughs> Again, <laughs> it ain't big. Uh. Um, but what it does effectively is it sits over the top of like a tiny object that you want to cloak and it interferes with the light reflection in such a way that it seems like the light is just hitting a perfect mirror. Okay. So it preserves the frequency and the phase of the of the light. You can't see the cloak, you can't see the object, it just appears like a mirror. So that's quite cool. And this is using these tiny little like gold antennas, like tiny, tiny, yeah. tiny. I'm trying to envisage that. That's not really cloaking as such, is it? As just perfect reflection, no matter what the shape of the surface is. Is that right? Do well, no, got... but that is cloaked because you've got something behind it. Oh, I suppose. That you yeah, can't. Yeah. So the cloak is over the top of the object that it you're isn't, trying to... You're not looking at it saying it looks the same as the background, is my point. Ah, no. But what you could do is almost like tune these gold antennas so that you could make the reflected light look like anything you wanted uh, okay all right yeah. which is so like the background of the objects yeah. would be the sensible thing like the the, the floor yeah. or the wall or whatever but you could also maybe make it look like something entirely different and you won't be particularly surprised to hear which industrial complex is interested in that. I imagine it, it might be a military one. It's the military, because <laughs> the military are like, hold on a minute, can we drape one of these cloaks over a tank <laughs> and, uh, and, and make it look like a, like a, a little old lady on a, on a tricycle? <laughs> and uh, in, I think, by the way, <laughs> this hasn't been done, uh, but it, in theory, you might be able to. And it, and it kind of like this reflection trick works from, from any angle, so it doesn't have to be a certain shape. So I think it, the only thing is that it has to be stationary. Right, okay. I think, but still, not bad. It's not bad, no, no. Yeah. I mean, it's just unfortunate that it's all really, really small stuff, isn't it? Uh, yes, yeah, it so, is. I mean, um, a lot of it is just to do with the, the expense of it. But if I had enough money, would I be able to cover this fine frame with a cloak? You'd need a lot of money for that frame. <laughs> a lot of cloak. Uh, yeah, I think, uh, I don't know. I don't know is the answer. 
there's a bit of skepticism about this stuff and, and the the applications in the real world and, and the sort of achievable sizes. Okay. But this guy, uh, uh, Zhang, definitely thinks that it could be scaled up. No reason it couldn't be scaled up. It's um, just a phenomenal cost implication. The problem with the invisibility cloak is that to work well, it has to have a finite thickness. So I, I say to people that it's not Harry Potter's cloak, it's more like Harry Potter's shed. So yes, we could probably build a shed in which you could hide from somebody, but not a cloak that would flap about. The flapping about a bit is is almost impossible to achieve. There are one or two things you must understand, Kemp. I must always remain in hiding for an hour after meals. The food is visible inside me until it is digested. You must always be near at hand to wipe off my feet. Even dirt between my fingernails would give me away. It is difficult at first to walk downstairs. We are so accustomed to watching our feet. But these are trivial difficulties. We shall find ways of defeating everything. Uh, Another extension has been into two further areas. You you don't normally think of uh, a magnetic field as light, but it is actually a component of light. And this theory of ours was uh, so powerful that you can actually hide things from magnetic fields, which might sometimes be useful. And groups in Harvard have been designing a magnetic cloak. Uh, Another area which has come into prominence in the last five or ten years is uh, acoustics. Uh, Of course, there are many instances where you might want to shield things from sound and indeed uh, not make an object invisible, but make the sound itself invisible. And metamaterials have been quite uh, helpful in in devising uh, acoustic uh, shields and so on. And finally, one of my postdocs, who's uh, one of the most imaginative guys I've ever come across, uh, wants to cloak buildings from earthquakes. But that's another story. <laughs> yeah, I, I want to hear the story. Yeah, I, 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 I want to hear the story, but I wonder if the story is, is being patented right now and, uh, and maybe turning up in, in San Francisco as a, as a very lucrative uh, well, business venture. So I, I think that the, the vague principle of it is that you drill holes and then put a softer material sort of around the perimeter of your building and then the sound waves, again, it's working in exactly the same way as these metamaterial right. cloaks, but obviously we're talking about wavelengths much, much longer with, with yeah, effectively yeah. like seismic waves, like sound waves. Yeah. And then the, the sound just kind of gets moved around your building and then passes on off past it. It's a big idea, isn't it? It's a great idea. Yeah, I like I it. Love, yeah. I, I don't know what happens when the sort of mud beneath and soil beneath your building gets liquefied, though. I mean, because at some point down... Only one way to find out. <sighs> yeah. Let's get drilling. <laughs> um, also, I'm not quite sure what happens when you've got loads of buildings that have all got this and they're all sort of like trying yeah. to... You get sort of basically get like a traffic jam of sound. <laughs> basically, when your neighbours have got this, you know it's time to move, don't yeah. you? Yeah. There is a building somewhere that hasn't been able to afford this protection (laughs) and it is getting fucked. (laughs) So, I don't really want a Harry Potter shed. (laughs) (laughs) No, but if that's all that's available, you take it. I want the cloak and it's not looking like that. Just stand still. Yeah, so I mean, it's motion is the problem, isn't it? Uh, it's, It's part of the problem, yeah. So, well, first of all, there's a difference between a sort of passive cloak so something that just uh suppresses light scattering w- without you having to input any any energy at all 
and they think for visible frequencies for anything like really big, it's not going to be possible. Okay. Um, basically, just the larger the object, the harder it is to hide. That that kind of makes yeah, that yeah, kind of makes yeah. sense. Nothing comes for free. Um, and the shorter the wavelength, the harder as well, because in terms of just making those metamaterials, it's just uh, it's just really difficult. Um, but if you're prepared to use yeah, sort of an active cloak, so something where you are putting energy in, then those limitations might not apply. But again, it's this stuff is really it's really young. Like it's yeah. it's a young yeah, yeah. it's a young science. We're sort of working it out. Yeah. Um and, and there's also, you know, metamaterials, people <laughs> it's funny that Invisibility is not the aim of most of these researchers. It's just like what? Um, so, like, what are they wasting their time. Well, on? So John said, like they were just looking for a way to sort of get a bit of attention on on the on, the, and they were like, well, this will grab people, and uh, and uh, and yeah, he was. So that, he it's was not actually on. an invisibility project. Not really. Like obviously, the military are, are pumped for that, yeah, but. Yeah. Um, you know, they're, they're looking at sort of like you could maybe make better solar panels. So, for example, if you had a metamaterial that enabled you just to absorb the the most efficient wavelength of light uh, I see it. Yeah, for your yeah. solar panel yeah. and then reflect everything else away and then you could sort of process that as heat or whatever. Yeah then you're, you're maximizing efficiency. Yeah. So like something like that or like satellite communications, I think they're, they're looking at it, um, data processing. There's all, there's all sorts of applications out there not to do with invisibility. Fine. Or not directly anyway, Fine. in the way that we think of it. Sorry, right. sorry. Okay, I mean, I feel slightly missold here, but, you know, mm. I suppose you did say up front, you know, that this isn't just about that. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. yeah. All right. So um, let's go back to the military, though, because I bet they're not saying, oh, could you give us better solar panels? No, the, I mean, well, is there no. a lot of money going into this? There's a, there's a thing called the hyperstealth invisibility cloak. Oh, hello. And again, worth getting yourself on YouTube and having a look at some of the demonstrations of it. It's, it's, it's really cool. It is really, there's, yeah. no, there's no other way of putting it. Uh, <laughs> And so it's just like a material that this guy in Canada has developed. And the first thing that they did with this material is literally just whacked it onto um, a, uh, what do you call it? Well, it's like a shield. You know, like, like a, riot, a riot, riot, shield. Riot, riot, riot police go in yeah, and they've got yeah. a little hand. And say, just whacked it onto that and you hold it up in front of you. And if you hold it up at a certain distance and the person is standing, you you, 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 you can't see him basically. No. It's, it, it, yeah, it's, it's really weird. And there's a lovely demonstration where they have two bits of this uh, material just stood up on a desk, and then they hide various things behind it, and they kind of the camera comes up and over the top, and you're like, "Oh wow, didn't realize oh, that was there." Because you can see the, you can just see the background. It's not perfect, like it's not. You can see that something's going on. It looks what it looks most like is the the cloaking that the predator has. Oh predator. yeah, yeah. You know yeah. where. You can sort of yeah, see it's, it's something's fuzzy, going on. Something's not quite right. But also you can't really see it. So it's, yeah. quite it's, it's that sort of vibe. It uses these lenticular lenses, these tiny little lenses all, all, all arranged. Um, and it kind of, it, it splits the light. So the light is uh, refracted off in opposite directions. And so you end up with a kind of dead spot in the middle of the two refracted rays of light. Yeah. And so what you see is a sort of elongated version of the background yeah. filling in all of the, the, the details. So there's some backgrounds where that wouldn't work so well, but there's obviously some backgrounds where it works really nicely. So if you've just got like a blank wall 
and a skirting board, then that will just fill in really nicely. Yeah. And you won't be able to see the see the gap. Now, that's quite cool, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd buy that. Uh, it's not available uh, for purchase currently. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it! All right, so so is it actually a power that we want to have outside of military uses? Invisibility is one of those things that has been spoken about in myth and stuff for for donkeys years, and invisibility always comes down to the same things, which are getting money for yourself, getting sex for yourself, and then uh, killing other people. <laughs> that, that, that seems to be, and, and all the way through. So it's kind of... Uh, Are we seeing the dark side of Professor Sir John Pendry here? Yeah, I, mean, I don't think Professor Sir John is that interested in those things, <laughs> but I think everyone else probably is. Oh, right, okay. I want to help you. Why did you do this? Were you, Flora? I wanted to do something tremendous, to achieve what men of science have dreamt of since the world began to gain wealth and fame and honour, to write my name above the greatest scientists of all time. I had nothing to offer you, Flora. I was just a poor, struggling chemist. I shall offer my secret to the world with all its terrible power. The nations of the world will bid for it, thousands, millions. The nation that wins my secret can sweep the world with invisible armies. Run down the question, then. Um, will we ever be able to turn invisible? Um, I don't think we will. Well, we, we definitely not. Does oh, not let's not say be... definitely not. I no, mean, no, no, no. As in, no, I mean that humans oh, uh, without are not going technology. to be... Yeah. There's All no right. way that, that you're going to do HG Wells-style invisibility. We're not going to be able to no. change our refractive index to one. No. <laughs> that no. is not going to be possible. No. There are certainly forms of invisibility cloaking out there that are being developed for various reasons, not all of them terrible, but some of them potentially quite terrible. <laughs> Most of them terrible. Yeah. Uh, but at the minute, I think we have to take what Professor Sir John said, which is the best you can hope for is an invisibility shed. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I mean, if that's all I can get, I'm taking it still. <laughs> of course you are. This is actually our last episode for a little while because I am off to get a new knee. <laughs> <laughs> which I'm not very excited about. I'm quite not excited a whole about new, it. Not a whole new knee. I'm just having a bit of it reconstructed. And uh, I feel a bit sick about it. Yeah, you're not happy about it, are you? No. At all? No, not at all. Why would I be happy? I don't know. Because of the potential that you'll have a new knee and you'll be like, like new lease like of life. Super knee. You'll be springing out of, you know, out of the house mm. saying, hello world, I've got a new knee. Yeah. <laughs> no. Feeling good. I'm no longer limping all the time. I'm off to my shed. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Where is he... it? Oh no, I've lost yeah. my... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'd have to do a sort of breadcrumbs trail. <laughs> you can see the path that I laid to the secret shed. It just ends at nothing. <laughs> Science Ish is a Radio Wolfgang production presented by me, Rick Edwards, and Dr. Michael Brooks. It was produced by Eli Block. The executive producer was Harry Watson. Special thanks to Professor Sir John Pendry. Uh, if you a tiny if if you enjoy science-ish uh, please just spread the word uh, if there's any uh, films or books you think we should cover uh, get in touch on Twitter at science underscore ish um, obviously do not suggest any plays but it must be hang on I, I do know this the no no, no. Can't no I mean, that, that natural sciences yeah. degree was a long time ago, wasn't <laughs> it? It really was, actually. God, that's terrible, isn't it? How can I not remember that? You Google it. You Google it. I'll carry on talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>